Hallelujah. In this season where we are considering um, the subject wholeheartedness, we pray that God will continue to elevate us in that direction. Uh, I personally have had to wait for, uh, let's say, a period of seven months for something I've been looking forward to the Lord for for a while. I uh, just have to wait a little while. It's supposed to have come uh, maybe seven months earlier, but these things, uh, like every delay in life has not come, and it's been really a burden for me personally. And um, you will now see, or I personally now see, what a man like Elisha um, went through when um, he, he, exp he saw the miracle of God at some point delivering how great God is but yet he had to run away because his heart was very heavy. So you assume that sometimes when we preach like this, we are only preaching for people. Um, I, I tell people sometimes when you finish or you leave the pulpit, you will get to understand that most times as well, you are as well speaking to yourself because these are not just the words of men, but the words of the Holy Spirit. You go back to ask yourself, what did I just say there? And you try to, you know, be strong based on God's word for you. Praise the name of the Lord. So having have to wait for several months for something I've been looking forward to, uh, I think it was on Monday when we were having the Monday prayer meeting. I joined the prayer meeting for the first time. I have to join the prayer meeting and not be on transit because it was a public holiday. And we're praying and praying and in my heart I was also praying earnestly for that thing I've been waiting for for several months. And just as the enemy will always have it. Immediately after the prayer service, I got another bad news concerning it. And for the first time, I opened my mouth and say, maybe this is not going to work. For the first time of waiting, you know, when you've waited for something, you keep praying, you keep believing, and you never say anything negative. But just when you finish a prayer meeting, you heard another news that made it look as if you have that's not going to happen. But immediately after that, that I also keyed in again to God's word, that God said we should wait wholehearted. You may just assume we're the one that preached, so we should know better, but we also have to walk by that word. And I said to myself, if this is what God is saying in this season, at least let me walk to the end. At least let me walk to the very end. But whilst I am walking, I will walk to the word to the very end. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And it may surprise you that God is answering prayers because a glimpse of that prayer answer that got it yesterday and by by just as I was coming down here, I got a full answer that it has been done. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. So I'm starting off on this note just to encourage us that uh, we just need to keep, when God is speaking in a season, I believe so much in seasons. There's something I read some time ago and I held it uh, to heart. It says, men are designed for times. Men walk with times, but God walks in what? In season. Times are for men, but seasons are for God. So God gives us opportunity of time to make use of what 
he's doing in a season. Like I always iterate every time the word of the Lord comes uh, through the man of God, I always say uh, something I learned from Pastor Jude sometimes, that what you could not have done before now, when God's word comes in a season, it empowers you. That little thing you were doing that was not producing results, because it's in the back in a season, when you key into it, the same thing you do, even less, you will get results that you've never gotten. It's because God's words empowers us in that season. And this season, God is saying, walk with me wholeheartedly. Do not be faint-hearted that whatever we are walking forward to, giants will be on the way, but the promised land we will surely conquer in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say it louder. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And so this evening, as we continue to back, I want to believe and pray earnestly in faith that more testimonies will come by the reason of this word for this season in the name of Jesus. You will be the next testifier. And for those watching us online, you also be the next testifier in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go again. Let's just delve a little deeper what we started off at the beginning of this month through the set man that spoke about wholeheartedness and it makes all the difference. The very first time we had this word come to us as an assembly, the word in Joshua 14 verse 13 to 15 was very heavy, which said, uh, and I read from the from the slide up there, it says, So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of um, Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite, because, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. So on Sunday as well, we, we, we came again. The word of the Lord helped us to understand that uh, what we call the wholehearted spirit. And for those of us who were around during the Monday prayer meeting, Pastor Yomi led us on what he also called a different spirit. We're just going to have a conclusion of the message on Sunday as we try to make it very practicable uh, what we have learned so far. On Sunday, we discussed two points, if anybody could remember. We said uh, today we're going to consider the very last one. I'm going to try as much as possible to go into the last one this evening. And just before that, I'll just take a very quick recap of what we did on Sunday for the sake of those who are joining us for the first time or who are joining this series for the first time. But for a holistic recap of what God is saying in this season, um, it all started knowing that the children of Israel got to the point where they had to um, take over the promised land. And uh, this evening as I was coming, I asked myself a very important question, which basically I'm going to throw at us. Um, for the first time, I discovered that in that story, God promised the children of Israel they were going to inherit um, the promised land. Is that correct? Please help me here. Was that correct? So God told them you will enter the promised land. And he said the land is full of milk. The land flows with milk and what? And honey. And then in the instruction he gave in Numbers uh, 14 that we read, which was our text, multimedia, you can keep this on, right? Uh, Numbers 14 that we read on Sunday, the Bible says, and God said to Moses that he should elect 
elders, one elder each from all the 12 tribes of Israel. And the instruction was that they should go to that land and find out if it truly flows with milk and honey. And I asked myself a very simple question. Why will God ask them to go and check if it truly flows with milk and honey? He's the one that said that land is full, flows with milk and honey. And then he gave them an assignment and said, go for yourself and check if it truly flows with milk and honey. That is a very, very big question, which let me just, um, let me just answer it in a very short moment. Or let me even just pose it as a question to everyone. Maybe I'll get input from one or two that may be different from what I have in mind. So God is saying, I'm going to bless you with a land that flows with milk and honey. And then he told them, go for yourself and find out if the land truly flows with milk and honey. Let's make this interactive. It is our interactive midweek service. Can anybody help us on why you think God could have told them to go and check if it truly flows with milk and honey, based on what we've learned the very past two Sundays and Wednesdays so far. Can anybody help us? Why do we think that God told the children of Israel to go and find out if the land truly flows with milk and honey? Anyone? Praise the Lord. Please, let's appreciate Pastor Collab before he even makes his contribution. Amen. Lord. Hallelujah, sir. I want to believe that they've never been to that place before. Yes. So now, God was telling them, go and check. This is what you will find there. So if as you go and check and confirm, this is what God said is there, and it is confirmed, that should bring some faith in me that, okay, he has said this, and this is what we found. So that should help them. Even, I believe God saw, knew they were going to see those giants. But the thing is, you have to follow God and our faith wholeheartedly. Praise the Lord. Please help me celebrate him for his contribution. Praise the Lord. Does anybody else have another contribution based on that question this evening? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, since there's no more hands, I think I truly concur to what Pastor Kola just said. So God is saying the land is truly flowing with milk and honey and he sends spies to go and check and they discovered truly that the land flows with milk and honey that was what was one of their message was that correct so like pastor Kola said that in itself should strengthen them if there was anything that they found out that uh, was a barrier like for instance the testimony i just shared i had doubts when it was on Monday, there was a story, there was a news that I got that gave me doubt that maybe this thing will not work. You understand? But there was God's word that I was holding on to. On, by the following day, there was another news again that gave me reason again to believe that that thing, maybe it will work. You understand? So when God is speaking... He also gives us opportunity and another thing that we need to understand that when God gives you a test to see what he's seen, he's also looking to see, like we learned on Sunday, if possible, you will see it the way he is seeing it. Praise the Lord. For every, there's a book I read that said, for every belief 
system is always based has always been based somehow on the people around or the cultures around us. And that is why as Christians, we must be very careful, especially when we are looking and waiting on God for something that will surround ourselves with whoever and whatever is going to help our belief, but not help us to, de- uh, to disbelieve way further. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Please one more time, help me celebrate Pastor Kola okay, for his contribution. Hallelujah. All right, a, a very quick one. Let's just have a very quick recap of what we had on Sunday. Or is there anyone who wants to bless us? Maybe, by the way, we had two points. Can somebody remind us, of, remind us of the first point that we spoke about on how to develop a wholehearted spirit? We mentioned two things. Can somebody help us with number one? Let's know if we're truly Bible students. Yes, uh, Brother Awesome. Create a relationship. Just with God. one. Create a what? Relationship with God. Build a relationship or create a relationship with God. Can somebody help us with the second one? With the second point that we spoke about on Sunday. We spoke about two things. Yes, let's hear you one. Good evening, church. Good evening. Relieve the past glory. Can you speak? Can anyone or can do you want to speak a little bit on that? I'm not so sure I should allow you because you are the one that always recap it for us. Praise the Lord. But if you want to, can anybody just give us a a small recap the way you understood it on Sunday? Any of those two points? Anybody? Brother Austin wants to help us. Let's appreciate him. Praise the Lord. Any of those two points. The essence is important so that we know we are on the same page and I'm just going to add flesh to whatever you say. Okay, um, creating a relationship with God. Um, the example you used about, the, about you and um, the prefect and um, Mr. Salami. Okay. Um, you, the prefect you were, follow, you were going with, you knew nothing about the prefect. You knew nothing about the prefect and that was because you never went to the library. But um, you always see Mr. Salau, Mr. Salami. Mr. Salami is always there. And um, it has b- built a kind of fear in you, you know. And um, you saw the other person, which was the prefect that you were going, moving, moving with. And you saw the way everybody, were, um, everybody was appreciating and greeting the prefect. But you never had... Um, you never knew who he was. So if you had been going to the library and if you had been reading, you would have had an understanding of who that prefect really was. Because um, later you found out that he was the one representing the school in the, ninth, the science subjects. And um, in fact, the school holds him in very high esteem. If you had that understanding of the, prof, um, of the prefect before, I think if you had a relationship with the prefect, then you wouldn't have been afraid of uh, Mr. Salami. Praise the Lord. Please help me celebrate Brother Awesome again on that. Now, just a very quick recap on what we did on Sunday. We spoke about two key areas which we need to understand as we're looking at following God wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly um, doesn't necessarily mean from the stories we've seen that we're not going to find or see giants or obstacles on our way. 
Now, it's important to know that for every promise God has made, we also have in our hands the power to claim or the power to abort it. Are we clear here? So, from what we read on Sunday, the children of Israel were all at the blink of of aborting such promises, of claiming the promised land. And then one of the things we learned on Sunday was for us to be able to understand how truly God is or how big God truly is, is understanding that we need to have a very close relationship with him. Pastor posted something this evening that we need to come closer to God. The closer we get to him, what will happen? The bigger we will know or will see he truly is. Okay, it's up there on the screen. Come close to God. Let's read together. Come close to God and see how big he truly is. And we gave a very simple analogy. You know, when we want to teach students things, we give very simple analogy of how for them to be able to perceive it the way we adults do. But those examples are also very important to us as adults. And we give example of how far away a plane can be, but the closer we get to it, the bigger we can see it become. The same way we need to understand that the closer we are to God, the bigger we can see him become. Not just big in our eyes, the bigness we are talking about is ability to come through to us in everything thing that we want him to do and understanding that we first need to come to the point where we we claim or we come to the spirit of Caleb which was the very fact that he had a different spirit from every other person a different spirit from what from every other person the reality is we may be in church as we are seated together but the truth is what all of us seated here may not have the same spirit Pastor read something the first time he was uh, preaching this message, speaking about how the children of Israel all saw the same miracle, but they were not in the same sync or not in the same spirit. The scriptures talk about it in 1 Corinthians, I believe, when he said, for they all saw the miracle of God. They all drank from the spiritual water. They all ate from the manna, but God was not pleased with all of them. Because there were some of them that never had that taste to understand that those miracles were not just by chance. The same way we also, as we are today, we may think things that happen to us are by chance, but they are not. God is bringing us to understand that we need to build relationship if we have to understand truly the very heart of God that will help us to work closely and heartily with him. Praise the name of the Lord. And secondly, point number two, we spoke about reliving or reliving again the past glories of God. And one of the things that God pointed out to have been a limitation to the children of Israel crossing the promised land was them not seeing or taking advantage of the glory of the very past. We read on Sunday that for the time, before that time, God had done 42 miracles in their presence. So you may not have to wait for the miracle of the parting of the sea or the miracle of the manna. Every life, everything that happens to us as an individual, it's a miracle on its own. So when it comes to a point where we are doubting even the very essence of God's power, it's a, a reminder that we must remind or refresh ourselves of the very miracles of the very past so that we have a, a good knowledge of what God 
can't do. And that is why David, when he was speaking, said, it was the same God that helped him to overcome the bear. It was the same God that helped him to overcome the lion. And he trusted in that same God that he was going to help him to overcome who? Goliath that was standing before him. Praise the name of the Lord. And we said we're going to look at the very third point this evening. And let's just delve into that as we take this a little bit further. Praise the Lord. Now, multimedia, if you can help us with 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we will read from verse 15. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we'll read verse 15, verse 20, and I'll read verse 28. Now, this is yet another example of a man that walked wholeheartedly with God. And in this instance, we're just going to take a look at the man called David. Now, 1 Samuel 17 verse 15 was talking about giving us indications. This was just at the time where Goliath had defiled the children of Israel for, was it 40 days, I believe. He defiled the land for 40 days and no one could say absolutely anything. And the man David was a shepherd by profession. And that is why if you read verse 15, the Bible said, but David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at where? At Bethlehem. I needed to understand this. So he went occasionally and returned from Saul. So let me give you um, what um, a better indication of what the Bible was talking about. Remember when the scripture said, and God sent an evil spirit to Saul. Remember that story. And then the Bible then said, and they looked for someone who will play the harp, or let's just say a music for Saul, so that the evil spirit will depart. So this was what the Bible was saying. So the man they found was David. So David will come to Saul's palace. He will play the musical instruments and it will calm Saul down. And then he will go back to his work. And his work was a what? He was a shepherd. So he will return back to his sheep. And then we can basically say David was doing two jobs. So he was a shepherd and as well a musician in the palace of the king. Now, it is important for us to know that for you to be able to leave your sheep behind and go to do another job means or indicated that the number, he, he, the, the work he was doing, the, the shepherd with the sheep were not much. Because for every head of sheep that you have, it was usually so big that sometimes you need two, three, or four people that would take care of them. I'm sure a couple of us have seen where these headsmen are leading their cows and all the rest. You can see one person can be in front, one person behind, and guiding just like that. And if you remember the story of Joseph and his brothers, all of them were all shepherds. They went to take care of their father's heads because that head was so big that it required the 12 children to take a look at it. Multimedia help us in verse 20. Now, to give us true indication that uh, what David was doing didn't amount to so much. Let's just put it that way. The Bible says in verse 20, so David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with who? with a keeper, and took the things and went as his father Jesse had commanded him, 
and he came to the camp of the army, and he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. Praise the Lord. Now help us in verse 28. I just want to show us something. Now you could see that David left his sheep in the, in the hands of who? Another shepherd. Now the Bible says, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those, what? Few ships in the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Now, what I'm trying to draw a heart to is when his brother says, Who have you left? How many sheep? Is it very plenty sheep? Is it many, many sheep? So David's sheep was, David's head was very few. So few that he could leave it in the hands of another person. So very few that he could leave it in the hands of who? Another person. Go to another job, then come back for it. Or he was running around here and there. His father could tell him sometimes, go and take food to your brothers. And he would look for who to keep those sheep with. He would keep them and then go and do whatever he needed to do. Now, the reason we are drawing this is for us to understand that when David said that a lion came after the sheep, and then he fought them. And then he killed the lion. The question is, he came after how many sheep? The Bible have told us that we have seen instances, especially in scripture, where people have left the head and ran away because a bear or a lion came for the sheep. That is why Jesus gave us that story that said, a good shepherd does not leave his what? His head behind. He does not leave his sheep behind. Now, the reason why we are saying this is, knowing how to follow God wholeheartedly may not start with you having to fight a giant. It may first need to first start with you keeping those few sheep that you have. And sometimes we are waiting for big issues before we can start trusting God. We are looking for big things before we can start trusting God. David was able to trust that God will deliver him from the hands of the lions and the bear that came against his, how many sheep? His very few sheep. So the question or what we need to understand is if we need to start following God wholeheartedly, we need to start now with the few sheep or the few challenges that we have. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we've had instances where we think maybe God will just come true for me. Maybe this thing doesn't require me to pray about. There are little things that we are handling now or little issues that we may be handling. And we are thinking that maybe I can think it through. Maybe I can find my solution through it. No. For you to be able to follow God wholeheartedly, that little issue is what we need to trust God totally on. It may be you trying to, we're not saying that it, 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 it um, secludes you from finding logical solution to. No, that's not what we are saying. But we are saying for the little things that you are going through, it may just be 
paying a bill. It may just be looking for something. It may just be uh, paying children's school fees and you are saying, well, uh, by calculation, I will wait till the end of the month. No, we are saying, believing God that something will come later on may just be the very beginning or the very start of how we need to start trusting God wholeheartedly. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, praise the name of the Lord. Someone once said, Believing that God is a miracle-working God may just start from you looking from your, for your khaki from morning till night and you've not found it. Maybe a key. You know how you look for keys from morning, you look for it and you've not found it. And the person said, but the moment he just prayed, God, please help me to find this key. You know those prayers are so casual. You don't need to kneel down. You don't need to sing praise and worship. But it's just you getting tired. After you are tired, you just ask God, please just help me to find this car key. And what happens? And for some reason, something just happens and you find it. The question is, do you think that was a coincidence? Do you think that was a coincidence? It means we are trusting God in that little thing. And from that little thing, God can expound it for us to be able to trust him in what? In bigger things. Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you an instance, a personal story that have helped me for a very long time. This happened many years ago. But for that particular instance, or that particular miracle that God did, it may look little, but it's one of those things that gives me impression that if I call on him, as little as some things may be, that God will help me on his own. Praise the Lord. And I'm just going to give you an example. It, it was... It may sound trivial, but it's one of those things that I always return to if I need to remind myself that I trusted in God for something. Um, I think it was just, I was going to work and I was late for work. You know, one of those days you, want to, you are about to go to work and then you forget how your alarm rang and then you did not wake up. So I woke up very late and here I was on that day. I had a presentation to make. I prepared all day, all night, and on that day, my, I don't know whether my, rang, my alarm rang or not, but I just woke up and I just saw the brightness of the day and I just knew I was late. Amen. Praise the Lord. And as, as I woke up, I took my shower. I went, I went to the road very long time ago. Then I had not, not had a car then, so I went, I got to the road and I was waiting for a bus to take to work. And the buses were coming and going. The buses were coming. It was already rush hour, so people were rushing. And if I stand in this position, the bus will come and stop in that position. And people will rush. And then you'll just be standing. The bus will be stopping a mile away from you. People will be rushing, get the bus, and move. And then I will leave that place. And then I will go to where... I think people are getting the bus. Then the bus will now no longer stop there. He will now be stopping where I left. So it, it sounded simple and funny, but that was what was playing out. So I did not know where to stand. People were here, people were there. And I was looking at the time, I, at least I could still make it. And then I did not know what to do. All I needed was to do what? All I needed was to do was to get a bus. Is that correct? As simple as it was. And, and I remembered people were everywhere. And I just pulled back a little. And I said, God, please, just help me to get to work 
on time. This is going to mean a lot. You know, that time you pull out and you pray and you follow God, not because you didn't know what to do. And I prayed a simple prayer. And as I prayed the simple prayer, and I just walked away from where everybody was. There was a filling station not far away. I walked to that filling station and I waited there. It was one of the most foolish decisions you can ever make. They left the bus stop and you went to a filling station. I was just tired and I waited there. As I waited there, somebody, the, a bus just landed there and the person, the conductor was, um, I think they had a misunderstanding with the person. The person just alighted from the bus and they called the exact place I was going and I entered, praise the Lord. I give God praise in the house this morning. So I think they had issue with change or something. So the person annoyingly left and I entered as the last passenger and I went my way. Sometimes in life when I find myself in difficult situations that incidents always remind me that you started trusting or following God wholeheartedly in simple things what I may be believing God for may now be bigger than just finding a boss finding a boss may no more be my problem but it gave me indication that God truly answers if you follow him, if you, if you let him have the, the situation in his hand, God truly answers. So the boss situation may just be my little ship situation, but now I may have graduated to believing God for bigger things, and I am trusting God in those bigger things. The examples that I will use to console myself, it is not in battles that I've not won. It is in the little ship examples. Those little ship examples Examples was the same example that David reminded himself of, saying to God, You delivered me when the sheep, when the bear came and the lion came. But we never knew they came against maybe 10 sheep or 20 sheep. But Bible says, and David will always remind himself that God delivered him from those experiences of 10 sheep. And if you may ask David and he shows you his head, you may wonder, is this what you were killing yourself for? But to David, it was a testimony for a Goliath to come. Praise the name of the Lord. Please celebrate the name of the Lord this evening. So if we go to that same scripture, 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 and verse 36. Having then revealed to us that what David was protecting against wasn't so much a large of a head. It wasn't big at all. It was something he could hand over to someone to watch over for some few hours and he would come back to it. And the same thing was what David used as a testimony or a CV. In verse 34, it reads, and I'll read to your hearing. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's what? His father's sheep. But did he tell him the number of sheep? No, he didn't. You don't need to tell me how big your testimony was. But the truth is, did you rely on God in those testimonies? And it says, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, give us verse 35. David then said in verse 35, I went out after it and did what? And struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I did what? I caught it by its beard and struck it and I did what? And killed it. 
and verse 36. And verse 36 says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the wolf and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like what? One of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Praise the name of the Lord. So, basically, if we need to start following God wholeheartedly, please, let's start when, let's start now. Is there anything that you are hoping or believing God for that you seem to have a challenge, a Goliath kind that is obstructing you. That thing may not mean so much. It may not just, it may not just mean a destiny changing situation to you, but it may be an event in life that may not just amount to any. If David had allowed, if one, the lion had taken one of the sheep, Will it have amounted to so much in his destiny? Maybe not. His father may not have had any issue. It may just have been the case where his father would be happy that his son at least returned home with his life. But that event became a milestone. It became a stepping stone for other events for him to look forward to trusting God for. May the Lord continue to help us in the name of Jesus. Now, let's make this a little bit interactive. I don't know if you have um, anything in mind to show us that indicates that God was truly good for you and it became a stepping stone for you at some point. Uh, I would love to hear from you on that, but um, this evening, let's look at having known or seen these three things. We have spoken about building a relationship. We've spoken about relieving the past glory. We've spoken about trying to trust God or follow God wholeheartedly, not later, but now. Let's now look and consider, I think we touched a little bit on this last week, um, the things again that could hinder us from following God wholeheartedly. The things that could hinder us from following God wholeheartedly or having a different spirit. Remember we read on Sunday that these tribes were 12 of them. And 10 of them saw things differently. But we are trying to now ask ourselves, how come did Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit, having stayed in the same place, having seen the same miracle? Two of them alone had a different spirit. Was there something the other people saw? Was there something that happened to them? Was there a history in their life that made them that they could not see the power that is inherent in God to be able to deliver them? Praise the Lord. So let's have the mic. Let's make it a bit interactive this moment. Let's see, is there anything that could hinder us as we speak? It may just be a, a personal testimony, a personal experience to you. Let's just have the mic go around and let's just hear from anyone that wishes to speak. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone, let's have the mic. Pastor Kolau has a word to say. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number one, I believe that wholeheartedness is, is a zone whereby we need to stay in. That's number one. So the thing is, what do we need to do to stay in that zone? Now, from Sunday's message, and I started looking at, on that message, the first thing that helped me is, number one, relieving the past. Everything the Lord has done, my encounters with him, strengthened me. 
number one, understanding God is still there and God can do it. And you also listen to other people's testimonies. That the same thing, the God that did this for these people is also there to do it for you. And also, as a member of Grace Assembly, that means there's a God in Grace Assembly that did it for those people. So that same God will also do it for me. So, because you look at what is happening in this season, so many things going upside down. The economy and all those things. Not even in Nigeria alone, around the world. And obviously, there is some fear in you concerning not only about you, your children and things like that. But where you find your peace is in that zone. That, okay, this is the zone I need to be. I should not shake. I should not be afraid. So I should be in that zone. So the most important thing to me about the message is to be able to stay in that zone. Like what you said, what David did, fought with the, the bear, the lion, before facing Goliath. So maybe in our season now, maybe we're facing um, the bear, we might be facing the lion, and some of us might be facing Goliath. But the thing is, stay in that zone, understanding that it is the same God that was with you. Fighting the lion and the bear is the same God that will be with you facing Goliath. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Please help me celebrate Pastor Kola extensively. Amen. Now, he has given us something different that we need to stay in the zone. And in the zone, you mean having that consciousness. Amen. Romans 12 verse 2, if multimedia will help us with that. Romans 12 verse 2. Remember I said something. I said as much as you can, especially when you are believing God for something, the company you keep also really, really matters. The company we keep, and that is why when we come to the fellowship of the brethren such as this, is an opportunity for us to strengthen ourselves in words. There may be something you hear that strengthens you to say, if God can truly do it for this person, I'm sure God will truly do it for me. One of the things I learned in Grace Assembly was one time pastor preached a message and he said that a testimony is not supposed to be personified to anyone. Every testimony can be multiplied. Those words really hit me because sometimes you see people sharing testimony and you just say, okay, maybe this is what God just wants to do for this person alone. And he, the, the word said that testimony can be multiplied. And so for every testimony we hear, it's not expected to just strengthen us, but to also make us know that truly that testimony can be multiplied to us if we remain in that zone, which in this case is is in the zone of reflecting on God's faithfulness or following God wholeheartedly. Praise the Lord. Please, let, let's celebrate Pastor Kola one more time. Amen. Does anybody else have another contribution? Any other person? Any other contribution? I, I want to, let me just add something. One of the things that, um, let me just share a very life story for you um, that also helps me, especially. Uh, you see, when we talk about testimonies 
everything in our life is a testimony. I remember when I just finished um, university and I, I think um, service. So we're done with service. We had three of us that served in the same place at some point. When we finished serving then, uh, good enough, we're all believers at that point. We served together as coppers, but immediately we finished the two of them got a job immediately. They didn't even need to wait. In fact, before the service year ended, the job was already waiting for both of them. So at some point, um, I was just about the only person. The first month passed, the second month passed. You know, it's easy to believe God when the months have not gone further. One month, okay, yes, God is still. Two months, uh, God is still on the throne. Then three months later, maybe I need to start fasting about this matter. Four months later, maybe I need to call brethren to pray alongside with me. Four months later, maybe I need to send prayer requests. You understand? Then six months, you may begin doubt and everything started creeping in. And I started doubting and all the rest. And one day, I called one of those, my, my friend. Uh, and we, were, we started um, having chats. And then, then she started telling me her experiences and all the rest. And then all of a sudden, I started telling her about my frustration that I've waited this long. When is God going to come through? And, and it was so depressing for me at that point. So, and I remembered something she said. You know, words alone can bring peace to us. That peace can help you to refocus on what you are doing. And then she said, remember when we got our posting when the place we were serving was about the best anybody could get at that point. He said, remember you prayed to God. Did you know God was going to do it? I said, I didn't even pray on that matter. I, everybody were applying. I applied. Everybody went for interview. I went for interview. And they ended up picking just the three of us. He said, you didn't ask God for it, and he gave it to you. How much more now that you are asking him for? If he will give it to you then, just be rest assured he will give it to you again. Like Pastor Kola said, that puts me back in the zone of thrust, trusting God again. Some of us here, we just need to, this message is giving us an indication that we need to just trust God one more time. Wholeheartedly. Sometimes, like we said, it is not our fault that sometimes, you know, you may drop the ball. Nobody is saying dropping the ball of faith is wrong. But these are words that remind us that we may just have to go and pick those balls of faith again and start trusting God again. And immediately those words came. Remember, I've been agitated at some point. The only thing that came was just rest of mind. Rest of what? Rest of mind. I was reading a, a, a page that I follow, and the, and the person said, one of the indications that God is about to answer your prayer is a flow of that peace that surpasses all understanding. And as I got rest of mind, it didn't take long for my own miracle to also come. So like Pastor Kola said, we just need to get ourselves in that zone. That zone may be what God is telling us in this period. Follow me wholeheartedly. It may be just that zone that you need to, to get to. It may be a business uh, deal that you are waiting on God for. When you got the first business deal, that same God is still the same God we are following wholeheartedly. And as we continue to do so, the Lord will truly bless us in Jesus' name. Please help me celebrate Pastor Kola again for his contribution. Hallelujah. Can we have any other contribution? Do we have anyone? 
Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate the senior pastor just before he gives his contribution. It's not, it's not something that stands alone. By that I mean, you don't, it's hard to be wholehearted all by yourself. You read the scripture, do not be conformed. You talk about people around you. I'm going to show you some examples. Now, for two reasons. Don't be the one that knocks down somebody's wholeheartedness by your comments. Be the one who drops your wholeheartedness because of somebody's comment. Do you understand me? Okay. Let multimedia give us Numbers 32 and verse 7. It says, Now... Will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? Eight. Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. Nine. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the hearts of the children of Israel. So that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. It means that up until the point the eight spies came back with a bad report, the children of Israel were looking forward to going there. They were wholehearted until eight spies. It was a ratio eight to two. What does that teach you? 80% of people are going to tell you things that will knock down your wholeheartedness. 20% of people are the ones that are likely to tell you the what you believe, God will do it, and God can do it, and God will do it. So this is the account of what happened to the children of Israel. And it said, your fathers discourage the hearts of the people. Wholeheartedness is a heart thing. How you see God, how you walk with God, the kind of strong relationship we have with God. But then there are comments on the side. When uh, Eliab told David, who did you leave your few sheep with? What is that supposed to do to his wholeheartedness? To knock down his wholeheartedness. The Bible says he turned away and asked somebody else, what will the king give? You know, some people you have to turn away from them. You don't discuss with them. That's the scripture. He got there said, ah, look at this fellow is making noise. By the way, what will the king give person who kills the fellow? He was... Sure of himself. His own brother was the one that said, what are you doing here? Who did you leave your few sheep? Why must he have the word few to reduce you? He says, I know the insolence of your heart. You came to watch, which means you're not a man to be in this battle. Your own is spectator sport. You don't compete. I'm glad the Bible says he turned away from him and spoke to somebody else. And the person told him, ah, the king will give you his daughter. Your father will not pay tax. And say, all right, now let's go for this thing. What am I saying? Wholeheartedness is good, but it's not a standalone. It depends on the people you listen to. You will hear some things that will knock out your faith. The best thing is don't let it enter your heart. Because that's where your wholeheartedness is. You need to turn away from some people. You need to actually turn to some people whilst you turn away from some people. I'll read another scripture to you. Now, 
When he spoke to his own brother, his brother said, who did you leave your few sheep with? The Bible says when they heard what he said, they went and told Saul. And Saul called him. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17 verse 33. Just listen to the words and put yourself in his shoes. 1 Samuel 17 verse 33. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are a youth and a man of war from your youth. You see, he didn't knock him down. He was giving him an assessment. He says, but you are a youth. His brother said, who did you leave your fellowship with? You're insulated, a small boy. This man is saying, are you sure? He was concerned that he doesn't get killed. His brother was not concerned. When people speak to you, look for concern. And this is what um, happened. So, but David now said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, so, 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 which Pastor Etefi has read. And then in verse 37, he says, Moreover, David said to Saul, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Listen to what Saul said. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Hello. I said hello. The man that spoke out of concern, he listened to the analysis David gave and said, okay, your wholeheartedness is going to work. The Lord be with you. There's a difference between an Eliab and a Saul because your wholeheartedness is not a solo act. It doesn't stand by itself. It has a lot to do with the people you lend your ears to. Saul is not bad in this instance. He assessed the situation. When he heard what the man had to say, he said, go and the Lord be with you. He even lent him his armor. Thank God for that. I have one more scripture and I'm out of your face. Now listen to this one. Um, no, that's Nehemiah. Uh, give, give me Nehemiah chapter, uh, I think, 4 from verse 1. Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was so wholehearted about rebuilding the, the disgrace of the walls of Jerusalem that was falling, he took permission, he was wholehearted, he left his job, he spoke to the elders and he wanted to start the job because the walls had been down for a long time. It took a whole wholeheartedness to even attempt the job. But it so happened when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant, and did what? And he mocked the Jews. Watch out for people that mock what you have wholeheartedness for. Verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? That's what he's speaking about a man's wholeheartedness. Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that have been burnt by people like him? Verse 3. Now Tobiah the Ammonite who was beside Sambalad and he said whatever they build even if a fox goes up on it he will break down the stone wall. How do you hear something like this? 
and your wholeheartedness will not crumble. Let's listen to verse 4. Verse 4. And this is what Nehemiah said to the rubbish some people said about his wholeheartedness. He said, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own head and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Another translation says, We replied with a prayer to our God that that thing that they said will happen to our wholeheartedness will never happen. The word is sufficient for the wise. Wholeheartedness is not a standalone. Praise the Lord. We can do much better than that. Amen. Well, I think just to add to that, majority doesn't mean it's always right. Eight out of two doesn't mean it's always right. Like Pastor Kola also said, there are so many things that is being said in these times. There's a message Pastor preached one time that I still hold onto. You spoke about, I think, voices. And there was a line you said that even if you are not hearing God's voice, nothing is always silent. Even when God is not speaking, the world, you can never hear silence. If you're not hearing or tuning to God's voice, something, the world will speak to you. Ever since then, those words really meant to me because if there are times that God is not speaking to you, then it's not a good time. Because if you're not hearing from God, the things that you are hearing, maybe not the things you are hearing, the things you heard before, the voice will start coming out aloud. There may be words of discouragement that somebody said, because nothing positive is happening, those words may just seem to mean something at that very point. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. You know, we've not just emphasized this. It is easy for us to come to church and watch out for the Sambalats and Sobiases and the Eliabs of this world that are going to, and the eight spies that talked nonsense, brought an evil report to quench the zeal of the children of Israel. They've come 40 years to possess what God said. It was because of those eight spies that they did not go in. It's easy for us to say we're looking out for those people and that we should turn away the way David turned away from Eliab. But what about when you are the one saying it? You may not even mean evil, but you are just unguided with your mouth. Somebody's wholeheartedness, a whole generation, a whole family can crash. So we will have to watch the words of our mouth. Be quick to hear, but slow to speak. When somebody is speaking, ask, is this fellow speaking with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Whether you can do it or not, once he's speaking from faith, the word of God or from the Spirit, just say, the Lord be with you. Don't be the one that says, eh, you, for where? You don't even have money. You don't have a, this kind of education. How can you say you want to do that? But you are not God. You don't know what the Lord has spoken to the person. So I want to plead with Grace Assembly. Please don't be a Stambalat or Tobias. Don't be an earlier because you are older than somebody. You are taller than the person. You have a position the person doesn't have. Who told you that God is not going to take the last and make him the first? Which was what happened to Eliab. On that day, the women sang that Saul killed a thousand. David killed ten on day. And you think David won't remember what he said? David will remember. My prayer is when people remember what we said, 
May they want to honor us and not avoid us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 8, as we begin to bring this evening's meeting to a close. The words that we've just heard, the very last words to remind us that these words were not just reports. They were words that were able to either encourage or discourage. It may just be your spouse. You may just need an encouraging word to someone else. Like Pastor said, sometimes it may just be careless talk of what we saw. Reality of what you saw. Not as if you're garnishing it. Truly, you're speaking about giants that are available. Um, those words may also be how to place or to put those words may discourage someone truly from really getting or holding on to what he or she wants to say. But before we read that, let's hear once again from Pastor Kola again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Based on what Pastor said, I just remember the story of Job when he was going through what he was going through and his wife told him to curse God and die. But remember what Job said. That even in the times of good, and even now, God is still God. So, why should they now cause God and die? So, based on what Pastor said is, look, even people close to you might say some things. You still need to turn your face into that zone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the tricky part is when people that are close to you speak you are most likely going to be tempted to listen. The, pers the people around you, they are not evil people. They are good people that truly mean well. It may just be discouraging. You've done this business for seven times since 2021, since so let's, uh, 2001. Can't you venture into something else? It doesn't, it's not something bad. It's something good. But God told me, God was the one that told me to start this journey. We know, but it's the same God that will help you if you just, you know, diversify. We are not telling you to leave it. Those words may just be encouraging words, but just tilting us a little from what God had originally said. It may just be a, spirit, a, 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 a business partner directing you aright, but is it directing you to, to move away, to sway away from the very faith of God? Remember we said, these people that brought reports were elders they were not just child uh, children they were not just young people they were elders of whose testimony everybody should listen to but they said what they saw but not what god saw and so it is important that we discern by ourselves. Philippians 4 verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things, the most important of what I'm trying to draw, whatsoever things are of good reports. The elders brought a wrong report, but the question is, whose report Will you believe? May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please celebrate God for his word this evening. Hallelujah. If you've truly been blessed, hallelujah.
Like we said in closing, this is a season. It is only a season. I can testify. I have keyed into that season. I'm a testimony of those of that season of this season. And it wasn't an easy one. It not wasn't an easy one at all. So these words are coming by the Spirit to encourage us to just. Keep believing God. Follow God wholeheartedly. The Bible says he, the heart that, that wavered cannot receive anything of the Lord. Let's just keep staying there. If the Lord says it, let's just believe him fully and wholeheartedly. If you've ever dropped the ball of belief, let's go back and pick it up. The Lord will truly bless us in the name of Jesus. One more time, let's honor God for his word this evening. Let's celebrate as many as everyone that have contributed this evening. The name of the Lord be praised. Why don't you just bow your heads and just be thankful this evening for another word of encouragement that the Lord has given us as a church, as a family, as a people, as an assembly. I, I believe wholeheartedly that this is a word from heaven to strengthen us in every area of life. I'm sure God is sending this word uh, truly because a lot of us are at the brink of at the brink of uh, aborting testimonies. I mean destinies that the Lord is about to walk us into. But this is God telling us, just hold on to a little longer. Have a different mindset and have a different spirit concerning what you know before now. It is not based on what you can see, but what we can see truly through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And as we've prayed, the Lord will continue to strengthen us and every testimony that is so close to us achieving, we will achieve and we will enter that promised land in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Please celebrate God one more time for his word. Uh, hallelujah.